Hello and welcome to Film Festival Reviews, a place where independent filmmakers and film lovers stop by and listen in to what's happening in and around the independent film festival circuit worldwide. This is Christina Kotlar, your host, and I decided to check out the third annual New York Polish Film Festival that went on the last couple of days. The five-day event began at the Anthology Film Archives, a wonderful place to see some great indie films and meet the filmmakers that doesn't cost an exorbitant amount of money. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Directors Guild Theater, where one of Poland's most prominent filmmakers, Agnieszka Holland, appeared for the Q&A following the screening of Copying Beethoven. That happened Friday night, and her previous film, Julie Walking Home, opened the inaugural festival in 2005. She's best recognized for her highly politicized contributions to Polish New Wave cinema, but in copying Beethoven, she takes the perspective of a fictional or compilation character, an aspiring young woman composer sent to be Beethoven's copyist. And to play with a real historical character, Beethoven, during the last years of his life. She talks about her fascination with Beethoven during those years, going into a deeper, darker, complex life with an honesty and, and intellectually allowing the audience an opportunity to enter her world, leading to an emotional connection with the film's character, as well as the famous Ninth Symphony. She calls him the first romantic artist, but I think Agnieszka Holland follows along closely as a romantic artist herself after seeing this work of art. Enjoy the show. It was so nice to see you last night at the third annual Polish uh, Film Festival. Is mm -hmm. this the first time you came to the festival? Yeah, actually my previous movie opened first festival apparently the movie called Julie Walking Home, and um, but I, I've been doing something someplace, so I was unable to achieve. So it must There was be. a nice crowd there last night. This yeah. was the first time mm -hmm. that I found out about the festival in time, because mm -hmm. uh, there's so many film festivals going on, and I'm just really working in New York right now as much as possible, and I saw it a couple of days ago, actually, because I was at Tribeca, and mm -hmm. that was going on for two weeks. And then I saw the invitation from New York Women in Film and Television, mm -hmm. and that's why I came down. You know, was they spoke in Polish, mm -hmm. and then had the translator. Now, uh, your first film, as you said, was uh, was that a Polish film? The first time that you opened it, it, it wasn't my first film. It was my twentieth film or something, but it was first festival, and um, they opened the festival. The first festival was three years ago. Opened with my film. It was uh, the. Canadian, German, Polish co-production. Okay. But uh, mostly English-speaking film. I shot it in Poland and in Canada and post in Germany. And um, it has some, like, very nice international actors, some Canadian, some Polish, um, Australian lead, uh, Miranda Otto, Bill Fitchner, who is American, and uh, Lothar Blutow, who is Canadian but lives in New York. And uh, this film that we saw last night, Copying Beethoven, I liked it a lot. The music alone just made me really feel that I was there. And uh, I really appreciated the questions that were asked at the mm -hmm. q and I thought they were pretty good questions. Yeah. That mm -hmm. people were asking mm -hmm. about the, 
the light. I was trying to format that question in my own mind, but that person did pretty well. It uh, premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, mm -hmm. I think premiere was in Toronto, yeah. After it was in San Sebastian, where it won some prize. Mm, and after it was at another festival, you know, and um, it opened in the U.S. on, I think it was November 6th. I don't remember exactly. Anyway, it was, wasn't big opening, it wasn't very well made, so the movie didn't have really, like, real career in States. And it's uh, still going on in several countries. It's opening gradually in several countries. So the film festival circuit is already over. I mean, yeah, that is over. Yeah, we, we did all the some big and and several small local festivals, Tokyo Film Festival and Haifa Film Festival, and I don't even remember how many. But uh, festival is one thing. You know, festival makes sense when you promote the film to be opened, or if you show the film at the festival, that at least some little part of the national audience can watch it. But after it's not, you know, we are not making movies for festivals, we are making movies for the audience. Right. And I heard good things about it, you know, but as you were saying yesterday, it depends on the different countries and the different audiences. And Well, you know, audience in every country, as I showed the film, the audience reacted very well. But the audience has to be, like, in some way invited. I mean, they have to know that the film exists, that it's, you know, the quality of the film and the interest of the film. And um, all test screenings or festival screenings or um, before premiere screenings we had in several countries have been great. And I think that the people are on different level of, you know, some people who are very musical or knowledgeable with the, with the classical music has different perception, but the people who don't, I think it's very emotional and very honest introduction to this world and attractive enough, story-like and, and character-like, that the people who who are not so much connected to the music can really find the connection. Uh, no, only problems we had was with some part of the press, and why it was, I cannot really explain. The main criticism was that the woman's character was invited. But, you know, it's fiction, so, you know, you play with that. You, find, you try to find the point of view on the real character, which allows you to make some kind of the approachment, which is unusual and, and personal. And for example, you know, last year was another film with the same kind of the, sorry, another film which had the similar kind of the idea. It means to play with the real character, historical character, with the fictional or compilation character being like the point of view for the story. It was the last king of Scotland, where, the, you know, the young doctor never existed really. Uh, but no one had the problem with that. So I think it was somebody wrote it, and after it went to the Internet, and after, you know, the people who are not very secure, the journalists, a lot of journalists in those days are not very secure about their own feelings and their own, you know, opinions, so they are picking it as it goes after, like the kind of the snowball. In some places it, it influenced, I think, the critical response. I agree with that. I, I know that there are a few times I... I would see a film and I'm not a film critic, mm -hmm. but I'll talk about the film. I could see how it could snowball and then somebody picks something else up and starts doing it. But you know, everybody can have their opinion, but I, I, what, is, what I try to do is to be intellectually and emotionally honest to the subject and to the material and to the audience as well. It means give to the audience some kind of the possibility to enter my world in the way which uh, 
which allowed them to have the real emotional connection. Well, what so, brought you to this? Because it is a difficult subject. I mean, these were his last years of his life, and this was changed the whole approach to music. That's what I yeah. got out of it. Well, I was fascinated by Beethoven from, from the moment when I started to be interested by the classical music, and my introduction to Beethoven's music was paradoxically through his late quartets, which is probably the most difficult part of his music. But it was the first things I really like consciously listened to, and it was a big like aesthetic and, and emotional shock to me. So from this time on, I was, you know, I was like fascinated by this music. And when I read the script, um, I loved that it that it deals with this period and that the Ninth Symphony, which is like the biggest, you know, success of his life in some way, and the most popular tune still now that it is a, the chord of the film, but it happens in the middle. And after we go to this and other places which are much more challenging and darker and complex and, uh, and personal. So it was what attracted me to this particular, you know, treatment of the story. And Beethoven, um, Beethoven was interesting for, to me as he's in the mystery of Beethoven, you know, this tension between the genius and his life the genius and his character, the genius and the fact, the loneliness of him, loneliness, uh, the deafness, the, the fact that he wrote his greatest music when he was unable to listen to this music. Also this fact, what I mentioned yesterday, that, that he was in some way the first, you know, first romantic artist. It means somebody who thought that the most important thing is to express honestly yourself and not to please. And um, it's the concept which I always was interested in, especially in those days when it's, you know, so contradictory in some way today. The people are, don't allow artists really to, to focus on expressing themselves. They want them to be immediately successful. If they are not, they are just disappearing because, you know, everything happens so quickly and so much, so many informations, so many communication channels that it's very difficult to, to just listen to your inner self. Is that how you approached it with your actors? Mm -hmm. and, and by choosing Ed Harris, I mean, he was remarkable. I mean, he was just, uh, I did not see Ed Harris up there. I saw Beethoven. Yeah, he did, he did I think, fantastic job, as they say. But he became Beethoven in some ways. His method, it means he, of course, he's always the actor, he's always at Harris, but he does so much like to approach the character and to melt with the character that in some point you, you are able to forget and hear the, the, the fact that he has a week and the fact that he put on weight and, you know, it had some, not very important, but makeup, made him different looking from, you know, Ed Harris's regular image. But the most important, I think, that he really, in some way, tried to live what the man went through uh, musically and creatively and also personally. So I think that um, I really love him in that. Now, I really like the way they integrated and intersected the characters, uh, both um, Anna and Beethoven. Did you really work with them both? on this did you, for the preparation of it? And yeah, we had several rehearsals and a lot of talks and uh, they are both very generous actors so you know when the actors are generous well, it's not about ego but about uh, creating something together and 
and, and finding the relationship which in some way mirrors uh, the fictional relationship. I love actors because they are so brave in giving emo emotionally so much out of themselves that if they are generous, I, I think that, that it has always worked. The other thing that I read about is you had a very short time to shoot all this. There was a lot yeah. involved. In yeah, the, it was not too much of money. We had quite fairly long preparation, especially Ed took his time, you know, to really prepare. But the shooting time was, like, quite limited. We had, like, I don't know, 35 days or something like that, which is um, not too much with the movie dealing with several difficult issues. And especially the... Ninth Symphony. We had only four days to shoot it, and but and that it was very carefully prepared. I, I did it with my daughter, who did the second unit, uh, unit and storyboards she's for me. She's a director also. She's a director also, yeah. And um, and she started as storyboard artist, so she's very helpful also in you know in preparing the sequence like that conceptually and also you know physically. So we did precise preparation, and after we shot it very precisely, you know, with four cameras, and, and the actors have been so well prepared that it went relatively smoothly. The other question or comment that started a discussion, the idea of this character, Anna's character, as a, a woman in a man's world. Mm -hmm. And then it was asked, your thoughts on being a woman director and how... I forgot how you just said yes. Was it hard, you know? Or yeah, is it is it hard? hard. You know, it is hard for the. I think that several professions or several functions, social and, and professional functions and artistic positions, which are much more difficult for the woman to to achieve and to keep. The profession like film director in some countries is practically impossible to imagine that the woman can be serious film director. And with the composers, was the same. And still, when you see the scene, you see that it's much more difficult for the woman to stay. The woman can be actress, the woman can be pianist, interpreter, but it's much more difficult to accept the woman as a main creator, the, you know, and the, and the conceptual creator. Why do you think that is? Well, it's a cultural thing. I think that, you know, it, it's not so long time when the women have been deprived the rights to vote. So it's, you know, only one century, even sometimes less. In, in some countries still, the women are considered second-grade citizens uh, with the very precise, you know, tasks to make. So, you know, it's, I think it will take another, another 50, 100 years before it will change, if, if ever. Well, in the very beginning of filmmaking, we had Alice Guy Bluget, we had Lois Weber. These were uh, women directors who made hundreds of films. Yeah, but they've been the exceptions rather. No, when you see how many men directors have been, it was maybe I don't know one percent, five percent. And now also you have women directors, but when you work the career of the women directors, you see how difficult for them is keep going, to keep working, and even the most successful, like, I don't know, Jane Campion, when uh, she made something which wasn't so obviously successful, immediately she met with a quite strong critical um, aggression. So what is forgiven to men quite easily, the women has to be twice as, you know, perseverant and, and strong and, and good. Uh, what was that one line that Beethoven says that, uh, a woman in a 
as a composer is like a dog on two legs. Yeah. Not very well, and mm -hmm. but it's a sight to see. I, that they never work well, but you know, they are priced only for the fact that they are on two legs. I remember um, I wanted to be a painter. I was painting as a child, as a very young person. And after I had the boyfriend who was a young painter, and I think very talented and very devoted to what he was doing. And it took me, I was admiring his work, uh, and it took me like several weeks or months to show him what I am doing, and he was watching that, and after he said, it's not too bad for a woman. So it was kind of, you know, I was very angry after, but after I realized somewhere he's, he's right, that it's, it's not my problem, it's not something which is so important to me like it is to him. And then I understood that painting is probably like nice a hobby or like expression of the part of myself, but not the real passion or mm, devotion, but it was quite typical, you know. When we are talking to the professors of the academy, uh, art academies, mostly they are quite skeptical about their women's students. They think that they are gifted, nice, but after they will finish eventually to, you know, to making dresses or, or some home decoration. Well, we're fortunate that you found your passion here in directing. Is that how you started? I decided when I was 15 that it will be probably that. I was very passionate about movies and exactly I've seen that many of my interests are coming together in, in the movie making. Like the narrative, the telling the stories and, and visual. And, uh, and also some kind of the wish for power, you know, to I think that I wanted to, to have this, this authority to tell the people what they have to do. So some kind of the political germ. And you know, the movie making is exactly where you can put all those skills and, uh, and character skills uh, or negative skills together and to make good use of that. Do you choose your projects accordingly? Half of my projects I wrote myself and I imagine from the scratch or from the, another life or material uh, and some were offered to me and I react in a very instinctive way or I feel that it's something which speaks to me to the way, in the way that I want to tell this story and to spend a year or two years of my life in, in doing that or, or I just cannot do it. Most of your films seem to be co-productions. Well, yeah, mostly they are. Yeah, it means yes. Um, it gives you an opportunity. But you have still you have two you have two possibility or three possibilities. So you do very small movies, very you know very very low budget. Then you can find one or two sources to finance, or you do big studios movies, and after the big major studio is rich enough to finance the film. Or you do the films which are too big for one or two small sources and too bizarre for the big studio. Uh, and then you have to try to find the money in many places. And, and That's the way uh, things are working now. Do you see a change in it? I think that it's more and more difficult to find the money, you know. I think that the world became, movie world became more and more corporate so um, this independent, full of passion, small producers, distributors are practically shrinking, you know, there are less of them and they have mostly struggled for the same money, you know, as, as a big studio. And the, most of those, like, classical divisions are, you know, not so different from the studio itself. 
they want to have the same actors and same material just for the much smaller play the amount of money mm. and in Europe it's also more difficult I think the distribution is mm, is globalized so the small distributor barely can survive they mostly they are mostly bought by the you know big companies which are not interested in the smaller products they prefer few products but big products well marketed and after they don't need to work too much and they have you know too much of they have enough of income so it is like globalization and corporatization makes you know makes the movie making very kind of the capitalistic kind of you know industrial product it's not so much the individual expression of the filmmakers but it still exists of course but has smaller smaller place you know to find the possibility to show do you um, do you know Kira uh, Muratova's work in, uh, uh, Kira in Muratova yeah. yeah I don't know yes. Oh, okay that's what yeah. I'm gonna say mm -hmm. is that I, I, I know there are few women directors mm -hmm. that are mm -hmm. on the level as, mm -hmm. as Kira yeah, yeah yeah I yeah I know and I admire a lot of her films you know it's for some of them which I found absolutely genius, like that I think she's one of the most original living filmmakers. But uh, I don't think I met her in person. Are you going to Cannes? This year, no. No? No, I will Because I know you did win something out of Cannes. Was mm -hmm. that your first mm -hmm. film? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cannes, Cannes was very important, still is, but it's much less important in promoting the films that have been, you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Even the films which are winning, which are the you know gold, golden palm winners, they are not really being distributed so well, and not even some of those films you never have able to to see in the United States. You know, some of of the biggest Cannes films was never bought by the distributors. So it's not anymore, you know, such a launcher for for the movies. But it's still important, especially on French and. Um, and some European markets. What I find interesting is the people, the audiences, are looking for these kind of films, like copying Beethoven, like the films that are winning. But, I don't think but, they are looking so much. If they will be looking so much, you know, they, the movies will have bigger box office that they have. If you look, for example, I don't know, it's the film, I think, now in the theaters, uh, Ken Loach last film, which won Cannes last year. The, the wind will shake the barley and um, the box office of this film was just minimal over the world and I think in States it will be not so big neither so if the people will be and I think it's really very honest and very you know about concerning the difficult subject and um, no I think the public in some ways more and more lazy especially the film public I think actually it's easier to tell interesting things on the television in those days than in the movies and some of um, television productions, I think, they are more ambitious and just more brave than than the most of Hollywood movies. Yeah, yeah. sometimes it happens with the HBO films or HBO series, which are really some of them are fantastic. And some films like Gus Van Sant's films like Elephant, or you know, or, or, um, it was made by HBO um, and shown in the movie theaters. And it's difficult to find in, in, uh, among major Hollywood studios somebody who will finance a movie like that. And the television or cable, it's, if they are smart and if they are brave, they, they try to have make the exactly products, even not for everybody, but for, for some kind of, maybe the reasons are snobbish. But, you know, I think that the snobbish reasons are quite good for the culture. So.
How did you get to work on The Wire? And it, did that change your thinking as a director from films to this television program? No, it should be the same work. It's just that you have less time to do it. It means organization has to be very precise. But of course, when I'm doing the TV series, which was conceived and created by somebody else, I have to accept, you know, the rules, the stylistic rules. And my um, input is um, more as a craftsman than the artist, you know. I, I, I give my craft and my passion for this, for the material, but uh, my ideas are quite limited. So it's a little less of responsibility and involvement. Uh, but it's very satisfactory also. I'm, uh, I was surprised. I watched the first season and I find it very brave, you know, and very different. And I was approached by the producers and, and uh, I work in Baltimore and with the same producers who, who are producing The Wire. So we, we liked each other a lot and uh, when you are doing the film, it takes so much of your time and energy. It's like two years at least between, you know, putting the money together, the material together, casting, shooting, post-production, tests, promotion. It's, you know, it's big, big part of your life. And in some way you felt, feel totally spent after it. If it's successful, it's okay. But if it's not as successful as you expected, it's a difficult situation. And when you are doing TV, it's very short time, you know, it's very immediate. It's, you know, you do something and immediately you, you can communicate with the, with the people who are watching that. It, I think it's good to do it at least time to time, you know, to have this kind of, you know, immediate connection. So what is your next project that you're... Mm, I have one with? film in Europe, um, Czech, UK, German co-production about, which is set during the World War II in, in small village next to Prague and um, hopefully we'll do it next February, March, something like that. Sounds really interesting. Yeah, and in the meantime maybe I will do some television and maybe I will just be writing, I don't know yet. Did you write this? Uh, no, I didn't, no, 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 uh -huh. I didn't write it. It's based on the book and I just collaborate with him on this final script. I like the Eastern European uh, films that have been coming out. I look mm -hmm. for them when I go to the festivals. And, um, They're a bit in crisis, but I think they will become... Hungarian, some Hungarian films I've seen lately are really good, and some Czech films are really good. Polish films are going slowly up again. It was great cinema, I think, in 60s and in 70s, and after some kind of the break, and now it, I think they are coming together, so... Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. And, and yeah, very welcome. And uh, I look forward to seeing more of your work. Thanks.